Welcome to this Your Writing Success episode with Rebecca Bell. Rebecca is a 20-year-old British dressage rider and highly successful young rider. She is a European pony team bronze and silver medalist, and in 2015, she was part of the first British team in history to win a team gold medal at the Youth European Dressage Championships. Rebecca combines her international dressage riding career with study at Oxford University, represented by... Represented? Represented by... PF Sport. She has built quite an online presence on social media. Looking forward to our chat with Rebecca. Welcome to the Your Writing Success podcast. My name is Natasha Altoff and I'm a Grand Prix dressage writer from Australia, author of three books and a leading online trainer of writers all around the world wanting to take their writing to the next level. I'm also a chocoholic, mother of two amazing children and obsessed with helping writers be all they can be. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you stories of inspiration, ideas and strategies of how to make real progress in your writing, and give you actionable advice on overcoming writing fear and anxiety, so you can take your writing to the next level and be the writer you dream to be. So let's get into today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on board today, Rebecca. No, thank you for inviting me. Really looking forward to it. Um, And yeah, just kind of like really flattered to be asked. So looking forward to speaking to you. I can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. I um, am a big fan of Oxford University. I went there for the, not not went there to study. We went there to like tourists. And it was just an amazing place and all the people that have been there. It's like, well, this is a special place. Yeah, it, it was like that being there. I, do, I literally remember turning up in my first week and being like, oh my goodness, am I actually studying here? So yeah, yeah it was an amazing experience. It is. So let's get into it. First, let's talk about dressage. How did you get into dressage? Were you born riding a horse? What? How did the horses unfold? So I was really lucky in that both of my parents uh, had been horsey when they were younger. Um, my dad had actually show jumped fairly competitively when he was younger, although he likes to joke that really it was just kind of for the kudos and like his sisters did all the ponies and he'd just hop on and go very fast. Um, so it was kind of in the family, but, uh, I was given the opportunity to take riding lessons when I was young. And then when I'd kind of proven that, yeah, I was actually going to get up in the morning and do it. I was yeah. really lucky and yeah, got bought a pony, um, who was probably the most unsuitable first pony anyone could have been given, who was amazing. He was very character building and he point blank refused <laughs> to jump. So I was like, well, there's one other route I can take this. So that's how it started. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of people resonating. I love how you've put that character building. Um, And it is important. I think, you know, if it all goes too well when you're young and then suddenly that you get some hiccups, it's like, well, hang on, this isn't how it's meant to go. But when it's bad from the start, we can only go up. (laughs) It can only go up. Yeah. Although it's interesting you say that because like, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's such a journey that like ponies, which obviously I did for a long time at a high level, that I still feel has that a little bit and that went really well for me. So that was a big learning curve as part of my like riding career and jumping up from that and going, oh my goodness, it's actually, uh, it's quite challenging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because I've got here that um, you represented Great Britain in, in 2012 in a CDIP, which I'm guessing is like a normal CDI, but with yeah, ponies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. I mean, any time, how old were you then? I was 12. Yeah. I think like the responsibilities and my level of doing anything competently as well. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Um, I think to be fair, in general life, yeah, that was exactly the same. It was just the five minutes I got on a pony that I was like, okay, I've got to get this together. And then back to being a 12-year-old as soon as my foot was out of the stirrup. Yeah. But obviously there's amazing life lessons that you do learn from being competitive um, at some such a young age and in a sport that not only is you've got to be so disciplined and strict with your sport, but also on looking after the animal as well. It's not like you're in gymnastics or swimming and you turned up for training. There was also the feeding and the rugging and the brushing and all that other stuff. Yeah. And I've always been really fortunate in that my parents have kind of expected me to do a reasonable amount and to contribute and to work but when I had education to balance as well they've always been very very supportive and I've been lucky enough to have a few people that have uh, worked for us that have helped on the yard and basically managed the horses while I was at school or university and then I would say do weekends or holidays um, Mm -hmm. or just get up in the morning before school and feed them and poo pick them and then run for the bus smelling a bit horrible (laughs) (laughs) but um, it was yeah I think it was a really good learning curve because it 
and I'm sure any horse person would say this it sort of it just teaches you responsibility and you have to be responsible because you literally have animals relying on you um and it's not the, quite the same level as forgetting to do your homework it's uh it's a bit more important so not the homework isn't important for all the young people what <laughs> that's not a message I want to be putting out there um but um yeah it's it was a huge privilege to have them from a young age um and I think what it taught me was incredibly valuable so yeah I was very lucky and from competing like let's go to that moment in 2012 when you're representing Great Britain at a CDIP were you aware that this was important or this was quite high up or were you just like I'm just riding my pony same old same old um, I knew it was quite a big thing because um, I had kind of toyed whether I actually wanted to go to that one because it was my like leavers thing for primary school. Um, and that in my life then, you know, that was a really big thing. Like, oh, I'm going to miss the party where we all were leaving school, yeah. moving on. But I was like, no, this is, you know, this is my call up. I get to wear my GB kit. Like I didn't take the jacket yeah. off for weeks. And then yeah. I got there. <laughs> And I probably didn't prepare in the best way because I went down the centre line and then turned the wrong way. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> I actually went really well overall, but I definitely showed my my greenness um, yeah. and learned a lot of big lessons, even in the space of three days of the competition. Because yeah. it was just a total different level of like watching the other riders and realising, wow, like they're really, really good when they're 16 and on these big ponies and everything. So it was good but what was really nice is the pony that I did that first one on was the pony who went um on all the teams with me so that was a nice journey to have with her okay so let me just take you back to that moment when you were watching everybody else um what how what was the result that you achieved in that first year um so at that first ever CDI I think I got like I was sort of middle of the pack basically yeah, um amazing um, so I'll just chuckle that, that. <laughs> yeah, did that yeah. spark? You're seeing all this other stuff, and did you get? Are you a very competitive person? Did you go right next year? It's my year, or were you like, this is just all so fun? And were you just focused on the fun? I'm trying to think of and 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 were you nervous? Like, was it like I have to perform? I can't believe I had an error, of course. Or was it like, oh well, I'm just learning as I go, and we're having fun? Like, yeah, what's the mindset there? I think. So I was, I was always really competitive, but in a, like in a very positive way. It's interesting because I think it's definitely, it's something a lot of us have when we're young is that we're very like, come on, let's do it. And why shouldn't I do it? And then maybe it's as you get older that you get these sort of like, well, well, you might not be able to do it because of this. You might not be, the what ifs. And I think I was blissfully free of them age 12 at my first competition because I was like, well, why shouldn't I beat this Dutch rider who's been doing it for five years and won medals? And of course, in reality, I didn't, but the thought was there and I was like, oh, well, I've got the freestyle still and all of this, but. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love your optimism. It's like, I've got the freestyle. Everyone watch their back. Yeah, they better watch out. And they're like, you're 12. That's perfect. <laughs> It, yeah so that I definitely started with like that level of optimism it it was something and always something I try to keep a little bit of because obviously yes. we get more aware of the importance of it and we yeah, realize like the investment <laughs> of time I know time money energy and we're like oh this is really this is significant now and that's I think when we get all the little niggling doubts and stuff but yeah I I was well I was gutted to turn wrong um and I think my trainer was probably like ah you've written this test so many times now um, but it was good to get it out of the way <laughs> yeah I think to get it out of the way um at my first one and I don't think I did that exact same mistake since but uh we'll do it <laughs> oh yeah totally okay so then it sounds like because I don't know your journey at all but you kind of alluded to it that it was kind of a dream run You've got this pony, you do the whole, it's the same pony the whole time and you just get better and better and better. Is that what happened or what have we got here? So, yeah, so ponies was, it was pretty dreamlike actually. Mm. Um, I was really lucky that I had two ponies that we bought when they were young. Um, My trainer had kind of helped me start them. Um, I say start them, you know, they were backed and they'd been to their first competitions and things, but um she sort of helped out the one that was a little bit uh sprightly to take her out to a few more and things so that I wasn't getting bounced off the walls um 
but it was in that respect there wasn't I think I wasn't quite prepared for how much pressure there was because I was coming in going my ponies are unknowns I'm an unknown Mm -hmm. you know nobody is expecting me to do that well I haven't bought a pony that's been and done it yeah so for that first year that 2012 and actually the 2013 as well I really was free of expectation which is such a nice place to be but obviously it's Mm -hmm. quite a rare place to be um and when I got called up for 2013 for the Europeans I was similarly it was unexpected because really sadly I was called up as reserve um because the team member couldn't go so that was quite difficult to suddenly see like oh that's what it means when it gets taken away um Mm -hmm. And I sort of, that's when it started creeping in, like, this is really significant. And after the first Europeans, I had a bit of a, a bit of a crisis and was like, how do I now ride now that I have got an expectation and that I have got results and people maybe think that I would do well. Um, and that was actually the point, which is really quite young, I guess, but the point I started working with the sports psychologist because I was about to ask, yeah, yeah, it was it was a real turning point, and my trainer recommended him because she literally, to be told, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind saying, she was like, I can't teach you, like I've mm. worked with you for years, and I can't yeah. teach you, <laughs> yeah, mm. just a total like flip of like I've ridden one way my whole life, and then now. And be, people might think, well, you, you're doing the exact same thing, you know, but it wasn't to me. It was just, it was like it was in a different language because Absolutely. suddenly something so significant had changed. So, yeah, that was a big uh, turning point and that took a, a lot of work to develop from and get past. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so then what happened? You've done ponies, 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 and like all 12-year-olds, you grew. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my final Europeans in 2015, I was near enough five foot seven in a 16 wow. and a half inch pony saddle, <laughs> and it was like no cakes, <laughs> like got to stay light as possible. Got yeah, to yeah. Spirits. It was yeah. yeah, it was a whole new challenge. But actually, I got the very best results that year because I had long legs and I could kind of scoop my pony up and um, and do it for her a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> run her across the arena. <laughs> But yeah, and then there's the whole emotional thing of like selling them and mm. have them for years and years. And that was really hard. But actually, I've been super lucky that they've both gone on to do internationals again. They've both gone to European Championships. Um, that's so that's been like, yeah, yeah, I've been like a proud mum, like watching them like, oh, and especially when they're like their riders subsequent have developed them further. And like, yeah. especially my second pony, because he kind of was in his sister's they were brother and sister um Mm -hmm. in his sister's shadow a little bit uh Mm because I hadn't had the time necessarily to focus on him and then he's been given loads of love and attention and been people's number one and I've seen him really flourish and that's so nice so yeah um and then I yeah I continued on the the FEI hamster wheel of juniors and young riders um so kept on going with the with the system really um and went straight into juniors the following year Okay. And um, how's that been? So it, it, it was a good transition. You found another horse and it was all kind of easy going or did we have some bumps? So this was the point in my life. Um, well, actually, 2013 was the point in my life that my hopeful horse um, and the horse I actually ride now entered my life. And mm. um, everything was really sweet for about a year. Um, and then we sort of came across a little she was still being ridden by the rider who had developed her from a young horse um and that relationship broke down which is you know it's hard and it happens in the horse world and professional Mm. relationships are difficult we'd always hoped that he would keep the ride and then pass on to me but it just didn't work out um so she went to my trainer for a little bit because I was still focusing on ponies and then we discovered that there were a few bits and bobs physically that had obviously been going on for a little while and then come the the vets and then comes the bone scanning and the, oh my goodness, what is wrong with this horse? And we have a brilliant vet and he literally said, stick it out in the field. <laughs> you yeah, need to it. stick it in the field. My professional expensive treatment plan is yeah. a field. <laughs> oh, he exhausted <laughs> everything, but he's so good. And he was yeah. like, this horse needs a break. Um, I love it. So she went out in the field, um, but that left me at the end of 2015 going, I have no horse. Yeah. So this is the first time I really then benefited from the generosity of people in the horse world because I went to try something that was for sale that we couldn't afford. Um, and I basically said, I absolutely love him, but we can't buy him. Would you lease him? 
and they agreed and I was really lucky because he then took me straight into juniors and straight onto another European championship so he was like the perfect step up. Stop he was it. You're making it way too easy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's totally unrealistic with the like that was really I just had luck after luck there. And I think now actually, and I will talk about it, I'm sure I maybe think sometimes I'm paying back the balance a bit because no. I've had a bit of bad luck with horses. And I think it always evens out, you know, and you have to remember that when you yeah. appreciate the good days because yeah. there probably will be a slightly worse day or at least a run of really hard stuff that it's going to lead that you sort of do to get there so really appreciate it when it happens and I did and I loved that year with Tango he was called Tango perfect dressage what's name um and then at the end of the year he we agreed with his owners that he would be sold on that was always their intention when I leased him and he found a lovely home so yeah. it worked out beautifully um and then Una who was in the field at this point, just yeah. chilling. No idea yeah. what awaited her. <laughs> yeah. Um, started to come back. And that was maybe the biggest challenge of my career because she had a lot of mental expectation that things were going to hurt. And mm-hmm. was she was I'd gone from this really straightforward schoolmaster who, albeit a little bit lazy, but would do anything for you if you asked right. And then I got on this horse that she was like, you've got to convince me because I'm not sure and I don't know what to do. And like her reactions were quite explosive when she yeah. didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, building that relationship has been one of the most like amazing parts of my life. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So let me just take a step back for people that don't yeah. know. When you're doing a, a pony CDI, what level test is that? Is that like just what canter transitions? Has it got some flying changes? It's a weird kind of fusion between the British levels, elementary and medium. So you have like shoulder in and half pass and trot. Uh, you have extensions, rain back, walk pirouettes. You don't have any flying changes, but you have lots of simple changes, which I think are the most like badly named movement in the entire thing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> they are not simple. <laughs> the amount of years where I was like, ah, I've got to crack like just enough walk, not too much walk. Oh, I'm just like, get into medium, get the flying changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah get past it. Well, I've just finally done that with walk pirouettes as well. I just did my first into one and I'm like, I've got past the walk pirouettes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, and then no canter half pass, uh, but like extensions okay. and canter. Yeah, so that's about yeah. where it was. And then you said with Tango, it was junior dressage? Yes. So that that's the same more, level? That's uh, advanced medium for oh, in the change yes yeah, yeah just so everything yeah. the same but with canter half passes and a single change um yeah. that's it yeah I love it okay so then with Una um were you thinking of also doing the junior stuff so did she know a change but it was just all explosive and there was just no harmonious partnership going on she very vaguely remembered being taught a change um yeah <laughs> Which was kind of the worst way to have her because mm-hmm. she remembered a change being stressful and yeah. being a lot. And that was my biggest battle um, because mm-hmm. it would literally be when I, towards the end of 2016, I was getting good training sessions and then I would do one flying change and it would be like white lather, like I couldn't get her to walk. And, and then I'd just go and, mm-hmm. I'd just go and hack her because I'd be like, I can't continue from that. You're just not in a place I can't get through like your head and how old were you in 2016 uh I would have been 17 towards the end of the year yeah yeah back when I was 16 yeah (laughs) not very emotionally aware not very (laughs) going on (laughs) the blind leading the blind um which kind of I think maybe lengthened the process a little bit because I was like hmm I've never ridden a horse that does this I wonder what I can do Yeah, yeah um but so I taught her changes in the field um, because that seemed to be the only place that she was like, yeah, I can cope with this. Um, And then 2017, I was like, right, we're on it. We're going to go and smash this at juniors. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is where the system is a little bit, it's quite prescriptive about the qualifications you have to get to do the next step, to do the next step. And I missed the first step. um, So I didn't get to go to a CVI, didn't get to go to the Europeans. And it was really gutting because actually over the course of the year, she really took a step and developed. And I went to a CDI right at the end of the year when I finally got my qualification score. 
and we won two out of the three tests and I got like a massive personal best at the end of the week and it was so like I well I blubbed my way out of every single test I did because I was like oh my god did you see we got five changes like (laughs) yeah super emotional and the judges yeah this is like a routine CDI why are you crying and I'm like this horse ah um but that was so nice. Although I always, I'm like, ah, maybe I could have got to the Europeans. But then my sensible head goes, it would have been too soon for her. And mm. sometimes, you know, your horse's development doesn't fit with the convenient competition calendar, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people that were hoping to go to Tokyo this year are suddenly like, <sighs> oh, my goodness, my horse's development is just not, maybe their horse is getting on a little bit. They're going to have to maintain yes. them another year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's an unfortunate fact of it that horses do what they do and uh, it just didn't quite fit for that year but it was still so rewarding to take her to that show not so much for the results of it but for the fact it was confirmation that all our muddling around in the field and all my work with my trainer and um, my trainer while I mentioned while I was at the end of ponies was riding her and she was the one who really said look you need to listen to this horse something physically is going on um, and you need to help her out so it was down to her that we even made the first step to fixing her mm-hmm. um and I was like oh we all did the right thing and that was really confirmation of that so yeah, yeah. and what's that amazing lessons like I'm hearing what you've learned and what you've understood about how life works and how horses works out and how the whole thing and you're so young it's so awesome like compared to but I guess that's what the system is and that's what it does teach you from such a young age you've got the pressure you've got how to deal with that you've got the disappointments you've got the ups you've got the downs and it's so much more yeah. muchness yeah. by the time you you're yeah, at yeah. the age of 20 or something <laughs> I always I'm doing like uh, quite a few applications at the moment and it's so funny because I'm like how do I explain that I've gone on a like eight-year course of just seriously accelerated life development because I have horses like it sounds bizarre to a lay person I'm sure but it really is true because you just have a bit of everything and you learn about and although they're forgiving you know you you do make mistakes and you're like wow I shouldn't have done that and um yeah I would definitely recommend you know people go on those like personal development courses and stuff like just get a horse (laughs) it will teach you all of it um and probably bankrupt you but (laughs) get a horse and it will teach you everything I love it. I love it. Awesome. So um, where do you want to go to from here? What else do you need to tell me about the horses? What have I missed in your journey? So I know we got to you, you were 17, nearly 18. Yeah. Then, then what happened? So then I kind of re-entered the stage that I was when I was 12. I had no expectations because I suddenly had this horse that um, that my vet had basically, he'd always been super honest with us. He'd gone, right, I'm going to do everything I can, but you I will pretty much eat my hat if you get this horse to small like PSG like uh, really unlikely that's quite a lot of strain on her body um you know enjoy her while you've got her don't back off doing things but just be aware Mm -hmm. um so I went out into the world like no expectation everything is a bonus every center line I go down brilliant Mm -hmm. and that was such a nice place to be in Mm -hmm. and we then had to encounter the monster of tempi changes and everything came flooding back and she's like I can't do five on the diagonal oh my goodness (laughs) brain fade could not cope and we went to our first we got selected for the young rider european championship so that's psg um, in 2019 and we didn't get any of our tempi changes (laughs) like I was like "Mm, I've come all the way here and I'm supposed to be one of the best in Europe and nope (laughs) that's awesome so for everyone who's missed a line of tempies have you missed a line of tempies representing your country yeah I'm like no 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 you don't understand (laughs) but it gets better though I did my first ever clean PSG on her this July so (laughs) the first time and we it was such a it was a beautiful sunny day we just had lockdown which I think contributed because lockdown I'd kind of been like messing around with her like a pony clubber and just going around the field and stuff and I love um so we came and she was really fat to be totally honest like she didn't really look like a dressage horse and we were like well we need to you know get back in the groove and it was supposed to be the day that the Europeans would have happened in at Hartbury but obviously all rescheduled I couldn't get to Hungary all of that disappointment and she was like "Mm, yeah you know 
Yeah. And what was the percentage you got at the bad Europeans without the 10 picks? Uh, 66. So not too bad, yeah. but still. Yeah. But yeah. just for everyone that's done, a, like gone into a test and not like not executed a movement, it's okay. And well, you can fine. go yeah. 66 to 75 in 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to keep going. You just got to go. You got to bin it. Every, like, you ride yeah. it, feel that it's happened, and bin it because otherwise it will <laughs> happen to every other movement in the test. Yeah. And that's what I had to learn as well. I also had to learn the opposite that if I got that first line of fours, I would then. It didn't make threes were guaranteed. <laughs> my trainer's like, oh my goodness, your legs come off, you go into la la land. Like, I know. Riding. I'm the same. I get all my tempers <laughs> to the last one because I'm like, yeah. woohoo! It's like, yeah. there's one more. <laughs> yeah, like a show jumper going over the last fence thinking yeah. that they won and then it just comes down. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so yeah, stay in the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So that's, that's the beautiful story we had. Yeah. Nearly had to be in a field, pretty no chance of ever coming back in. Really crazy to ride. You didn't know what you were doing. Don't know if I'll ever get a change in for this horse to eventually a change and then eventually a pre St. George for 75. With yes, yeah. And now she's I like, oh, two times into one, that's fine. That's cool. I'm about to say, totally. does this story think it has another ending with Grand Prix for young? I made the decision not Grand to go there. Um, okay. I think, you know, to be, she's now, she'll be 14 next year. So she's yeah. getting to the stage that even a normal horse would maybe be getting a bit physically ropey. The fact yeah. that she's going really well, she's touch wood, um, sound, she's happy. I'm like, I would be doing Grand Prix for myself, not her. So uh, we're cool with. Stop. My, I'm, I'm just like going, I'm talking to a 40 year old, like I'm talking to someone <laughs> so mature and so wise, which normally yeah. usually comes with age and whew, hat off to you. You're awesome. No, thank you. Yeah. She's just, yeah, she's, I love her and she's given me so much. So I feel like I owe it to her to be like, you know, I listen to what you're saying and we'll have fun at small tour and yeah. So, okay. but if so, anyone has a nice Grand Prix horse. <laughs> I don't, I have about 50 feet on the back of the sofa for one, but <laughs> no. All right. So what is the plan? Do you have some young horses? Do you only ride her? What, what's a normal day? I know there's schooling stuff, but in terms of horses, how many horses have you got in riding at the moment? So I am currently riding two. Um, mm-hmm. I had a real unlucky break in 2016 where we purchased a super lovely horse with all the money that I'd sold the ponies for. Um, yeah, and he, he was the sweetest thing, but I just, just don't know what was going on in his head that the, we always joked that the wiring, somebody had wired him a bit wrong. Um, and it wasn't his fault. It was the electrician who wired him up. Um, he, uh, yeah, we just, we spent four years, three years really, um, just trying everything. He just didn't, didn't like being a horse, like, didn't like existing really. Well, he liked existing when he was in the field. Um, and yeah, other yeah. than that, he was like, You don't want to be a riding horse. No. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to be tied up. I don't want to be in the stable. Wow. I don't want to be in the trailer. I'm going to lose my mind. And then we'd have like three months of really good behavior. I got him up to PSG. We made 68% debut at PSG. I was like, oh my goodness, we've cracked it. And then it would be like the next day he'd lose his mind in his own stable and made the decision, you are not enjoying this at all. And he is currently a very beautiful field ornament. <laughs> So, yeah, that was Thank you so much for sharing because I think people do do that. I mean, as you said, you said, and we'll get there talking about the investment of the time, the money, yeah. and the, and, and the, and the, just the obsession that goes into it. And there's lots of people that have spent time or money or both on horses and it doesn't yeah. have a happy ending. And no, it shit. doesn't. And I think it's important. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so bad. Yeah. It's important to like say it though and be I always yes. be upfront about it because they you know you see on Instagram and stuff these professional riders that are doing oh the string of horses yes. and I yes. can guarantee that they've had one or two or three yes. have not worked out and these horses yes. don't know that they are 
bred for superstardom and they've been they've had sold for this much money oh exactly they don't know that they've had a six-figure price tag and all of that like that's not important to them what's important to them is do I feel safe do I feel okay am I enjoying this do I understand and I just think Jimmy bless him just didn't understand he was like why do you want to put me in a moving box I don't get it and when Um, you say it like that it does sound all cuckoo yeah yeah (laughs) I totally I I got him but oh Mm. yeah that was really hard devastating Um, yeah but thank you because I agree with you the more people that can talk about these things that happen the more it normalizes it going okay I'm not the only person in the world that had this happen to yeah no definitely um and I'm I'm lucky in that I've been able to have other horses alongside that. But mm, he mm. was my like big investment, big hope, the mm-hmm. one I you know thought. And but he didn't know that, and that is not mm. down to him. It was just that was really bad luck. And and mm. I feel like you should never give up on a horse. But equally, there has to be a moment that you go. I think totally to mercenary. Like mm. how much is too much? Um, mm. How many scans and X-rays and is something wrong with this horse? Mm. is too much and also how much is too much for them you know how mm-hmm. who are you doing this for um so yeah and you said that a lot through this interview and I think it's, it's it's so telling of as I said where your maturity is and I think it's a big message for everyone who are you doing this for what are you doing it for yeah because um, the answer is you 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 it's like well hang on yeah no that that gives me a, like I I'm able to be at peace with it because I know that it was the right decision for him and although it like guts me a bit it's you know it was the only right decision so mm. yeah but he's loving life he's very hairy he's very muddy <laughs> he, he's no cares in the world <laughs> I look at him and I'm like it. oh look at you trot across the field beautifully <laughs> but, so yeah, not so not so yeah I've got sorry I've got on about him no, um, that's okay. I've got some very a couple of very lovely horses um, one that we bought as a four-year-old from Germany who then who was my type of horse when I rode him through and through and then he grew about a hand and a half and wow. suddenly the power that I quite liked was quite scary <laughs> and mm. I would always be really honest I'm not the bravest of riders I'd always be better on a horse that I have to hold their hand and go come on yeah. we can do this together than one yeah. that's going leaping from the ceiling and I have to be like come yeah. here listen I'm like yeah. ah! <laughs> So so he actually is with a professional rider at the moment who's hopefully going to have fun with him, develop him. I say professional, she's, um, I, it's we've not said, so I can't say her name at the moment. No, that's okay. But she, um, she is similar in that she's come up through youth levels, but she's always really done it off her own back. She's made it work financially. She worked jobs alongside it and she's super deserving. So I, she's doing a fantastic job with him looking exciting and that was really nice to be able to do that for another rider um yeah. but my other boy is a recent addition that I actually is the first horse I've I've been lucky enough to buy with my dad um and he's a nine-year-old um he's been taken super slow that was really important to me because I've sort of ridden a horse that's gone a bit quick yeah um and yeah we're just chilling at the moment everyone's like when are you gonna get out on him and I'm like not till next year because you know, we're a new partnership well, and I haven't really I got, yeah, I wrote this year off. So we're having a lot of fun together. We're finding the changes. Like so yeah. Really I love it. Okay. So it sounds like the future's bright and you're clear on your goals. So now I want to talk about you. That's not all you do. Cause if people no. are listening to this, it would sound like this is what you do. Um, but tell us, tell us about what else you do and how you make it all work. So I, when I was younger, I was very aware of the fact that in order to do riding properly, um, it costs a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. I'm in a very fortunate position that, you know, I can't go out and buy a ready-made Grand Prix horse or anything like that. And goodness, I respect people that do because you've got to drive a Ferrari and wow, wouldn't we all do it if we could? Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't. But equally, I've been in a position that I've been able to buy really nice younger horses and develop them. And I've been very aware that I want to be able to do that through my life. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a really good education and um hopefully find a job that alongside horses will support them mm-hmm. um so i can say this now because i've graduated so yeah. <laughs> i 
in secondary school, I did a little, I looked at the map and I went, hmm, which university is commutable from home? And there is only one, unfortunately. Uh, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's quite a senior university. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to get in there by turning up at an interview and going, I want to ride ponies. You're, you're close to my home, so I yeah. can ride ponies. Please <laughs> let me in. <laughs> Please let me go ride my ponies. So I'm like, okay, I've got to pull my finger out on the academic side of things. Um, so it was always a bit of a sum to me that like good grades, hard work equals ponies. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what really motivated me. I mean, I do like I enjoy academia. I really loved my degree. I did it in English language and literature. And that was like I definitely wanted to do that as a subject because I loved it. Um, you know, it doesn't feed in any particular uh career and I probably will have to take a conversion course because I think I'd like to go into law. Um but it was important to me that I did it because I loved it because I knew it was going to be really hard and it was um mm. but yeah it was always okay that homework will add up to good grades will add up to good university will add up to horses so your parents yeah. have done an amazing job um like I just feel they need to get so much yeah, yeah no, they so, do. <laughs> to shape you and support you through all the learnings that you did as a young child and to give you that um like complex equivalents this plus this plus this equals this what a yeah. gift um it could be you know this plus this equals crappiness so you'd be like well I'm not going to interested in plus plus yeah. plus <laughs> but the fact they gave you really cool things to strive for um to equal your passion and your love what a cool gift no definitely I was I mean I mean I continue to be incredibly grateful to them because at the moment I'm on a gap year basically doing horses and that's a huge mm. privilege to kind of have a horse holiday for a yeah. year um yes. But it was always that my dad would support me to the ends of the earth within his means as long as I was putting in the same. So, yeah. and not financially, but, you know, in effort and commitment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he'd always been that he'd rather that I said if I needed help with something, that I got my trainer to help me, that I was upfront, that I wasn't, you know, wasting people's time a little bit by being like, no, I'll do it all myself. And then imploding that I was like, no, the most sensible way to do this is I'm going to need a hand. And yeah. I think that's really important as well, because riding is quite a solitary sport once you're on the horse. But um, when you're off it, my, I mean, you'll know it takes a village. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's really important that you use your village and you like surround yourself with people that are prepared to help you and you use them because they're there they've they've yeah. put themselves there they've sacrificed their own time and their, their effort and their commitment to help you and what a privilege so yeah absolutely make the most of it and I've always been really lucky that I've had people that I can go like I need help um yes. for the next step here that's huge and let's talk about your trainer piece because it sounds like this trainer has been really um useful and important in your journey and I think that's that is a huge thing as well like you said at the end of the day when we're in the competition ring our trainer's not there. No, no. one's there. I we are was. all alone <laughs> going, is it left or right? Is it left or right? Which <laughs> one? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but to get into that ring, we, if you've never done it before, it's the same with anything. If you've never, you didn't do your English literature talk, um, course without a tutor telling you what you yeah. should be doing. So in every area of our life, if we don't know how to do something, we get help and that person has to help us. But um, with the trainer, there's so much elements to that because they have to help the horse, they have to help you, they have to be psychologists, they have to be yep. physiotherapists, <laughs> they need to be this, this whole gamut of things. So, yeah, do you want to speak a little bit more about how important that trainer piece was? So I have trained for over 10 years now with the same trainer Karen Roberts and um she was originally an event rider uh she now she does a lot of dressage coaching now um and she runs a livery yard where actually I've just recently moved my two horses um so we're sort of <laughs> we're our journey together has developed a lot over the years um and the joke is originally when I first had a lesson with her my mum really had to convince her because she didn't really teach kids uh, and it was me on my little homebred jumping pony, um, like bombing around the arena with no, not a care in the world, probably the worst position wrong ever. diagonal, wrong yeah. Like, I'm doing great. And you'd watch and be like, yeah, oh, don't you know? tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, so I had a, a couple of lessons to start with. 
She then helped me in finding an ex-pony, which was a really fun process, which included bringing a pony back, it bolting around the arena with me and her going to my parents, put it on the lorry and take it back. Oh, <laughs> so God. she's always been there for like those really yeah. classic development stages. Yeah. Um, but then over the course of like doing my international journey, like, you know, she's not, like you said, they have to be everything. And But she's always been that she'll be everything and she goes up, the drive and she thinks even when she's at home about how she can help her clients Mm. and she does this equally for everyone she teaches Mm. but then goes right okay that's not my area but I know someone who will help you in that area and she's not there's no sort of territorialness or anything it's like this person will help you so go to them um and we've always I mean we've always checked with trainers that this is okay but she's come along to sort of clinics with other trainers that maybe I've done through teams um, yeah. because she sees it as a learning opportunity for herself and I think to find someone who's so open-minded and amazing it really it, it was a rarity and that's why I've stayed with her for so long and yeah it, it works so she gets a rock star medal as well you yeah absolutely <laughs> so definitely. but yeah as you said you understand that that's so rare she sounds egoless like to be able to go yeah. all I see is I'm I'm invested in you being the best and whether yeah. or not you see X, Y, Z, let's get that to happen. I love yeah. it. No, she awesome. is amazing. Yeah. And how many lessons do you have with her normally? Really varies. So to be honest, um, if I have, <clears throat> so I haven't had a lesson on Una in a while because we're kind of just mm. sticking over. Um, yeah. With my new boy, Leo, I'm having a little bit more because I need a bit more help. Uh, but it may be average out to like once a week, maybe. Yeah. Um, so th- it basically, if I have a lesson on the Tuesday and there's like a little bit of unfinished business, she'll slot me in and I'll have another one on the Thursday. But then I might not have any for two weeks because she's given me something that's going to take a little time for me to work out. So yeah. it's very much, as long as I can get in her diary, <laughs> it's very much as and when I need it, which is a really nice basis to have it on, which I know and not what everyone about... can do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have to travel to a trainer weekly or something. It's intense. Yeah. What about when you were doing the the ponies um, at, with like the European Championships? Was it and yeah. when you were really learning how to do dressage, did you need more lessons or you figured it yeah. out between yeah. the lessons on your own? No, definitely. And I had them weekly um, because I had to fit around school. So I had both ponies. Um, mm. so it would be really lucky. I'd get home from school maybe at 5.30 and it would be dark. And um, my dad got some floodlights, mm. which was oh, amazing, life-saving. I'd be handed the first one, I'm like, in with Karen, and then swapsy at the gate. I did sometimes joke I could maybe get from one stirrup off onto the other pony, but that probably yeah. was the safest thing to do. Um, and then onto the next one, usually in my school blouse under my coats and everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I'd finish up at like 7.30 and then do some homework and stuff. But she, yeah, the fact that she, you know, drove all that way to do evening lessons um, I think on a couple of occasions where I wasn't completely comatose, we did them before school. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that was really a fitting around mission for both of us. Huge commitment for both of you. Yeah, yeah. huge. Okay, so um, uh, it says here that you've built quite a big following on social media and TikTok. Do you enjoy the social media aspect? Sorry, did you need to teach me? I'm nearly 40. I don't understand the TikTok thing. <laughs> Honestly, nor do I. <laughs> Does anyone um, on this planet? Yeah, Facebook, and I get Instagram because I'm like, <laughs> so Facebook, I'm like, important information about my horse, you know, steps of my horse. Instagram, I'm like, pretty picture of my horse. TikTok, I'm like, what, what do you want? Dance with my horse. Yeah. <laughs> Video of my horse dancing or something. Oh, the ones that tend to go down really well, which always really cheers him up and he thinks he's great, is anything that my boyfriend has done with my horse. Because it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, amazing. And he's like, oh, they really like me. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not bitter. I'm so famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I do. I love the social media side of it because I have literally caught into contact with other riders I would never have spoken mm. to. You know, mm. like I, I would never be having this conversation with you, which is amazing. And I feel like you can learn so much from other riders. It's such a great resource. But like every good thing, my goodness, does it have its payoffs as well. And whoo. <laughs> They are they are vicious sometimes, and yeah. I don't even think I've had the half of what some other riders have come up against on it. Um, it's 
I think it breeds a lot of jealousy um, mm. and I think it gives this like false illusion of anonymity uh, that makes people say things that they would never say to people's faces. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, especially with dressage, my goodness, like the moment <laughs> you post a video and your horse comes an inch behind the vertical for one stride. Woo! <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. But what, and and I love that you said you know um it's it's it, it's jealousy and I go it's it's jealousy on something that's not real because yeah. what's projected is normally the perfect finished product. You didn't post on Facebook when you retired your horse because you couldn't get it. like you didn't do the whole story. Like we don't tend to go, hey world, I'm having a really shitty day and things yeah. are going really bad. Here's a photo of my badness. Yeah. So we tend to show and that's you know, I'm not judging that at all. I'm just saying that tends to be the nature of social media. Exactly. So then it's it's when people are going through the shit, they're like, there is that anger or that that emotion that rises up in them because it's that and so my big mantra is seek to understand, not be understood. Yeah. And if people can come from that, as you said, okay, the horse went behind the vertical. Well, let's seek to understand that rather than to be understood that that's bad. Yeah, and we, no, I love that. And, then I, oh, and the other thing that really drives me hilarious is when um, if someone does a bad thing, that equals they're a bad person. Or if someone yeah. does a good thing, they're good. And I'm like, no, two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I always try that's like you said about like we don't post about the bad obviously I don't post like yeah oh today Una reared vertical in the corner of the school and I nearly got decked but although yeah. maybe that would go down well because it'd probably be quite funny to watch um <laughs> but I do try and post the the realistic stuff so I did actually yeah. say about Jimmy um and said that yeah, you know, this, is, this is this um this is how it is and I tried and to did you get judgment and negativity did you no get no actually oh, that, that was one I had so much solidarity <laughs> I was so lucky I had like a couple of like oh well you've pushed him to that point and I'm like I love it. Oh, okay <laughs> all right I was like honestly anything you can say I've already said to myself and I've already reconciled with oh, so on you. <laughs> yeah I was literally like three years of uh, no I know that's not the case so, I've sorted yeah, this <laughs> I've now I need to stop replying because I'm so like oh I've got to prove myself to you and I'm like nope block leave don't even go there (laughs) that would be actually that would be my main piece of advice is just don't even engage because you there's such a like like oh I've been seen as a bad person and I really want to prove myself that I'm not but I'm like just they're not going to take it so leave (laughs) um and yeah the solidarity was amazing and from riders I really respect and that's the main thing like that's so nice when someone who I love the way they ride I love the way they treat horses thinks that you treat them well as thing that's like a little gold star isn't it and you're like I'm doing the right thing and our validation is why we all do it and I would really encourage the people as well like sometimes I think we do this really passive engagement with social media where we like all our friends posting things but just occasionally being watching something and we think oh that's great and we scroll past and we like it you know like comment that and say like god I love the relaxation in your horse and yeah (laughs) like tell them because we're we're all really easy to jump on it and be like oh that's not fair that's not great Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like tell them when it's great um it's nice to hear and we all and goodness hard enough dream in my perfect world like I'm I'm like what if the world could transform to we only say things when we want a champion and when yeah. we see things that we go, oh, we disagree with that rile up an emotion or a feeling or an instinct within us, we just go, hmm, I probably don't understand that enough. So I'm just, yeah. I'm going to either private message and ask yeah. to help yeah, and yeah, ask exactly. to understand or I'm going to scroll past. And I go, oh, my God, what would that world be like? Oh, I get so excited. <laughs> it would be amazing. We'd have a lot less to talk about on social media, I guess. <laughs> I'm also, I'm, I'm you of this, this 12 year old child that's like, I can win the European yeah. international <laughs> thing on my yeah. pony squiggles that's hairy yeah. that doesn't even trot properly. Yeah. I still have that stupid optimism in terms of the world could be that and we could yeah. be that and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, do, I really don't see any reason, you know, it would only take everyone making a little change. That's the mm. thing. Um, and also I would say like to add on to that if you don't you either don't understand it or if you even if you think you really understand it commenting something horrible mm-hmm. is not going to change it 
Mm. So mm. accept that it's beyond your control. Yeah. You know, if if it really is, you know, if someone's posted something of some horrific abuse, then report it to the relevant authority or something. Then Still doesn't need like, to comment. Yeah, exactly. Commenting is <laughs> not going to make them, like yeah. it's not going to change it. Um, I love or it. if you see something like happening that you think, oh god, that's horrible, and I can't change it, then go and spend ten pounds donating to a charity that works to change it or something. Like, yeah. there's there's so much better things you could do than make a comment um, that's snarky and horrible and everything. Because even if you think that oh that person deserves it, like you don't know them at all. You've never met them. <laughs> It is so, that cancel yeah. culture that the she or he must pay. Yeah. yeah. I just don't get that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I think hope, like there's not too much of it in the horse world, but it, when it comes about, it's, it's strong. Um, mm. We all mm. need to be aware of it. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, so uh, do you set goals? Like, did you as a little 12 year old have a little list of goals up on your, um bedroom wall do you have goals now or how do you go about achieving because you've done amazing things did you always set out to achieve those things or how did it work so when I had the really rigorous structure of like aiming for Europeans I did because it was so nice and prescriptive and I say nice and prescriptive and you might think like ooh, (laughs) but it was uh because (laughs) yeah I was like okay that's then so I'd go I'd look at my year in December with Karen with Charlie, my psychologist, with my parents, um, and I would go, that's then, I need to go there and there to get there. I need to go there to get to those places. I need to start working on this to get to there. You know, silly things like, okay, um, horse needs a treatment, it'll have to go there. Horse needs its back doing, it'll have to go there. Like, mm-hmm. plan stuff back, because your goal will not happen unless you have been doing the stuff from at least six weeks out and getting it all right to give yourself mm-hmm. the best chance to do it so I've started doing quite a lot of well I say quite a lot it's not that much because I'm not doing it full-time but it's really taken off actually um I was so flattered the other day I had a full clinic for the first time and I was like oh my god you want to actually be taught by me um <laughs> but it's, it's the same to people like even in your training session like give yourself the best chance for it to go right like if you've set a goal then go yeah. about how can you make this easy like it'll never be easy but as easy as possible to achieve so if you're about to do a counter transition, how can you make it as easy as possible to achieve? Well, you have to make sure your trot's organised. You want to go to the Europeans to make it as easy as possible to achieve. You can't control selection, but yeah. you've got to be at your top level, like in June. So mm. that was really important to me and really drilled into me by Charlie, actually, that yeah. you only have a few things you can control. So really make yeah. them on it and make yeah. them right. And as you're saying, the, the goal to me, I the goals and dreams, people go, they shouldn't be interchangeable. And I go, meh, meh, tomato, 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 yeah. tomato. They're, they're both not going to be achieved unless the plan is in place. No, the plan totally. is the magic, not the shiny thing. No, no. I, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, set, set your goals as little, well, a goal, one goal should be made up of like a hundred little ones. Yes, yes, um, so it's upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, especially with horses, because, mm-hmm. you know, the first step to the first step to you going to your international competition on your show jump horse, this hypothetical person might be getting him around the arena tomorrow without getting decked. And that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It that's might really... be going to buy a horse. You don't yeah, have to. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Or you might be injured and it might just be like getting back on again and getting your confidence yeah. back. Walking. And... Yeah. Rehabbing. Yeah. yeah. They, they really they scale all the way back. And yeah. when you get to a stage that your goal is, I need to get eight in that extended trot, then mm. I think you're pretty much there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing as well, the the understanding of, I always say, we're working on Grand Prix. Like yeah. putting your leg over a three-year-old. It's, we're working on Grand Prix. Like if yeah. the goal is that everything we do, if we're walking for rehab or where it doesn't matter if you can get, cause that motivates me. Like, it's like, yeah. why am I doing this? If I know why it's cool, but yeah. I've got to know yeah. what this, what's this, like in a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, what this piece is useful for. Yeah. It's part of the trees totally. or it's part of the grass or it's part of the house. <laughs> and I also then the, the bit that I've always found hard is finding things to focus on in those periods that you maybe don't have a goal with a horse. Um, and they're mm-hmm. rare, but they've come about a lot this year. Um, so when the yes. Europeans got moved and I realized I couldn't get to mm-hmm. them logistically, 
Mm. um and stuff like that is oh my goodness so I've had six years of aiming for stuff with this horse now what do Mm. I aim for and I'm like well surely the goal we all have a goal every time we get on a horse which is to enjoy riding that horse um (laughs) and you know whatever we're doing with it actually we we without realizing we all set ourselves that goal every time we ride and that's why when we get off when we've had a good ride we're like buzzing and then we've not had such a good ride we're a bit flat because we've not attained that little unspoken goal of liking like enjoying your ride so I think yeah while we're all getting a bit having the rug pulled out from under us and we don't really know what's going to happen competition wise then that's a nice one as well is maybe set yourself training goals but also if you're feeling a bit lost and a bit like unanchored by it all then yeah every time you ride you're actually setting a little goal um yeah that's to enjoy it so even if you go for a canter (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring up the fun piece. So I have a life mission and it's to have as much fun, love, joy and laughter in any possible moment. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I'm having, I am having so much fucking fun right now having this conversation <laughs> with you. Apparently I'm working. I don't know yeah. what work is. <laughs> yeah, um, we we'll don't talk about that by the way. And then when I'm riding a horse, it, it, it's, it's where's the fun, love, joy, excitement and laughter. And it's actually in huge conflict. I talk about it with my mindset coach all the time going, okay, dressage, discipline, um, absolutism, perfection. Yeah preciseness like and I'm like fun lightness excitement joy and I'm going we have to meld these two (laughs) and I'm pretty much driven by these two parallels of um opposition really going well we're going to find a way we got to find a way yeah. to bring the yeah, fun yeah, into the discipline. That's why I love watching dressage prize giving so much because it's like <laughs> when, all the, when all the control and everything Seriousness. disappears and then they're just bombing out the arena at Olympia at 100 miles an hour, like giving a good bronc or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's what's driving us all, really, <laughs> is the, yeah. the desire that drives, you know, your warm blood to go and have a good old buck. Like that's the feeling yeah. that you should be getting when you're riding is that like, oh, I yeah. just love doing this. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Brilliant. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for young riders juggling uni riding and work commitments? I think you do have to be boring and you really have to meticulously plan. Um and get yourself a written Did diary. Did you do colour coding? Uh so I didn't I was never the aesthetic diary kind of person. Um I've got them all up on the side actually here. And I keep my old ones because I love to look back at them and be yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh, I remember like this day three years ago, I was doing this. Um, but you, yeah, I would say get yourself a diary. I mean, do it on your phone if you can, but I really struggle with my diary on my right. phone. Of like writing. writing it. Yeah. So I put appointments on my phone, but um, yeah, have it in front of you because that's when you also start to see clashes of things mm-hmm. or what I call like pinch points where it's not necessarily impossible, but it's going to be tricky. And that's when you then three weeks in advance, phone someone up and go, so I've got this weekend, I've got to do X, Y, Z. Could you cover the yard for me? Um, and then you've eased and three the weeks point. earlier yeah. than the night before when you're in tears going, yeah, no. <laughs> and I've, I've reached that point like majorly mm. at university as well. And I've been on the phone to Karen and she's like, why have you let yourself get to here? And I'm like, yeah. oh, because I thought I could do oh, it. Just, like, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it happens and just learn why it happened. Yes. Be honest about why it happened. Um, it's very easy to get a little bit like, oh the world is against me and it's so hard and it is hard Mm. but Mm. be honest that maybe you bit off a little bit more than you could chew and go okay let's not do that next time because nobody likes being in tears at the end of the phone to their parents Mm. or their trainer um Mm. and (laughs) yeah just you build that team and and rely on them when you need them and as long as you're putting in 100% of what you can put in so even if you at university so there were weeks I only rode twice in the week and I just literally came home schooled the horses and they were hacking and lunging and everything other than that because that was 100% of what I could put in under the circumstances I was under um and as long as you're doing that that's all you can do and be Mm -hmm. open with other people about why that's all you can do because you've got xyz on or you're just feeling a bit overwhelmed you're a bit stressed and need to just whoa for a minute um, people will always do their very best to help you if they can understand your motivations and they understand yeah. that you're putting in as much as you can yeah. as well. Um, yeah. so, people love to help. Yeah. An instinct. They do, they yeah, especially yeah. in this industry. Mm. Like, mm. But they all understand how hard it is and they they want to help. So, 
let them help um but make sure that you're putting in as much as you can too because you it's that classic you know you get out what you put in and sometimes you don't sometimes something goes wrong in the calculations and you put in loads and you don't quite get out as much as you were hoping but you've got to put in loads in the first place to even get the opportunity that you might get out what you were hoping for so yeah and I always find in those crushingly disappointments or the just the horribleness of horrible shitty thing that could have happened when you look back you're too young but when you look back (laughs) as you get older you go oh thank god because that shittiness thing hadn't happened I wouldn't have done this this and this but now 10 years later has led me to this yeah and you can see that everything works out for a reason looking back yeah I love it no definitely yeah and I think yeah hold on to that and when you're in the depth of it as well um yeah yeah it, it will work out eventually um yeah. and even if it's a, it might be it'd be a bit, bit short term so you might have a terrible test learn something from it and then go and get your personal best on a small scale or it might be really long term and it might be that you know you mm-hmm. have you have a really bad fall off your horse say which is I think mm-hmm. something that maybe doesn't happen as much in dressage but it does happen you hear about horror falls and things mm-hmm. and you're thinking I've got years of recovery etc cetera, etc cetera. And you look back and you think, actually, that sent me in a direction that I would never have gone in otherwise. And although it was a horrible way to get there, and goodness, wouldn't it have been nice if the universe could have just given me a post-it note about it? Couldn't but... I have learned the life lesson of this yeah. really important thing with an ice cream? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice? But yeah, the lesson is there to be to be had. And, yeah. um, you know it's it's hard to see it when you're right in the midst of it and you, it can sound oh. a bit preachy and you're like oh you wouldn't understand but it's and be aware, like everyone has them as well to different scales and everyone goes through the same thing differently so even if you're looking at another rider and you're like oh the worst thing that's ever happened to you is xyz that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them yeah. like listen yeah. to what you're saying it is the worst thing that's ever happened to them and it will have been felt accordingly so understand that though you might have battled a little bit harder in your opinion it's not comparative um, it's not a so, competition. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> and as not. they always say, if the world could put their problems in a pile and you came with yours, you would take your your problem and sit yeah. away quietly. No, absolutely. Shit out there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But there's yeah, awesome. there's all the good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um you said you've graduated, so you have finished university? Yeah, in very sort of non conventional way when we were in oxford they were doing the like they were literally just terrorizing each other with lots of different paints and squidgy things and oh yeah (laughs) oh so you know so that's called trashing um and that happens after exams Uh, so i missed that i know i didn't get that um so i got it for my first year examinations but i didn't get it for my finals because i took my finals from my childhood bedroom which was the most bizarre experience um ever living the dream (laughs) yeah literally like with my cuddly toys watching me like "Mm." (laughs) um so i missed my final term which was really gutting um i had a lot that i'd put off and been like no i've got to focus on work and i'll do that in the four weeks after my exams and then poof gone but I think in the grand scheme of things this year like that was a very minor sacrifice really and actually I really feel for the freshers going back now because I think that's a harder stage to miss Mm. um so yeah so yeah I didn't get terrorized I didn't get chucked in the Thames I got on my horse the day after I finished my exams and had a nice (laughs) ride instead so that was that was my sanity I was so lucky to have that too and are you now, you mentioned something about law. So are you in a transition stage of, I don't want to be, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. What should I do? So I'm in the transition stage of, I know what I want to be, but why won't you give me a job? So what <laughs> so, do you want to be? Tell me what that is. Um, so I would like to go into the city and do commercial law. Um, and I've been really fortunate that a lady who, has done a similar career path to me, went to Cambridge, uh, has kind of talked me through a little bit how it worked for her. And she's now brought her horse up to Grand Prix. She still competes. She's juggled it incredibly. And it's so nice to see someone that's made it work. Because I do. Yeah. Well, she's, she's so like, she's super busy as well. And, but like about a year ago, I had a phone call with her and she was like this, that, the other, you know, I'm at the end of the phone. um, And although I probably SOS her at some point again, but even like one phone call and someone just giving up an hour of their time I was like okay this is possible I can do this um it's not totally uncharted territory but it's it's tough and I've 
submitted lots of Will it be another already. five years of study? Sorry. Will it be another five years of study? No, no. <laughs> Thank oh, goodness. Okay. No, <laughs> so I goodness. can convert my existing degree, luckily. Uh, so you'll just be a lawyer, like six months With a something. year of study. Well, nine months of study. Oh, um, yeah, so oh, I have to that's a conversion course and then it's like I've had a law degree and then I do the uh, solicitors kind of examination that all law graduates would have to do anyway uh, so I've just delayed myself by nine months kind of by doing a degree other than law which is is nice um, yes yeah well that was the thing I didn't want to tie myself to it but then as I was doing the English degree I was doing these work experience things and I was like mm, yeah this is my jam like I want to do this um, so yeah it's application time now and I've got two nice rejections back already but we keep going and I'll Thank convince you, one firm we're that's all, all I need. good <laughs> we've got this we've got yeah. this um and you mentioned Vietnam I've watched um American TV is it the bar everyone talks about the bar did you pass no. the bar is that the one you could do so that's barristers so that's the people that stand oh. up in court and do all that really cool stuff so I want to do the slightly less glam but like okay. really detail oriented hours too yeah <laughs> would be nice yeah, yeah it's not for yeah, all this no. prep for course and sorry I was riding my horse at the internationals and I didn't really review this file no, no. <laughs> I'm not sure that would get on too well if I was sort of you know I don't know doing some important yeah. trial with some terrible murderer and they got off yeah. because I was riding my horse I know we can't <laughs> handle that so I'm liking no. what you're thinking I'm liking the solicitor stuff also yeah so I'm definitely I want to be a commercial solicitor because I see all the things that I've done with horses and I'm like hmm that would work there and oh my goodness so talking to someone and trying to get your point across in a way that they understand and get past problems mm, that sounds like speaking to a horse that has no idea what you're going on about and like there's lots of things that I really think I could apply in it and um yeah I just really like the idea of working with people but on exciting stuff big stuff exciting stuff like really significant deals and things and mm-hmm. making it work and I feel like mm-hmm. all the stuff with horses is making it work isn't it it's trying to make it work to the best of everyone's ability and to the best outcome and hopefully I can write that convincingly enough on a few applications <laughs> and someone will take it. a punt <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah so that's where I'm at at the moment so I'm riding okay. and applying and doing a bit of teaching and loving it really enjoying yeah. it well good luck I can't wait Thank to you. hear the good news I'll see it on Facebook. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> so where can listeners find you on social media? Um, so on socials, I have Facebook, which is Rebecca Bell Dressage, Instagram, which is Rebecca Bell 8, because I have a common surname and somebody already had it. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> and TikTok is the same. Uh, and TikTok, I would probably say viewer discretion is goodness knows what I'm supposed to do on it I haven't done any dancing on it yet and I probably won't be um but there's usually some more like videos of the cute little ponies at home and stuff so yeah that's the maybe more light-hearted one if you want the, yeah. the competitions and the results and the training that's probably Facebook and Instagram yeah I love it thank you so much for your time today anything you want to add or or say as a passing thought um Oh, well, for, no, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, and it's always nice to have a, have a natter and, uh, <laughs> like, and also relive it all and talk through it all. Um, and yeah, I sort of don't really have that much succinct and <laughs> helpful things to say to people, but maybe that, you know, that we're, it's probably one of the most like unique sports in that the range of backgrounds people come from and mm-hmm. the range of facilities that they have financially time support etc etc but we are all doing this for the same reason and don't forget that when you're on social media and things and don't forget that when you're at a competition and you're the one having the bad day because one day you'll be the one having the good day so yeah perfectly said I love it thank you so much and we'll put everything to you yeah you too thank you so much for having me bye to stay up to date with the latest content don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast go on hit subscribe. I'd love if you would also love to leave us a review to help us how we could do better or make this even more amazing for you. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Your Writing Success and Natasha.altoff.